Has the news got you down? Not with this funny guy. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Shalom, shalom, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's Monday. And you know what that means? It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller from the holy land of Hadera, Israel. Please welcome my special guest host from America, Mr. Yaakov Koren. Hey, Heidi, Heidi, Hey, welcome, welcome everyone, welcome all listeners from around the world. How are you? I'm I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you doing over there? I'm doing great. It is 5:01 Israel Standard Time, and what time is it for you in America? Oh, it just clicked another number. Ooh, seven, two minutes after 7 a.m. That's right. It's 7 in the morning. Beautiful so Monday morning. Good, good morning my time to you. Zone. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning to you. Erev Tov. Good evening. Good evening. Let's uh, welcome all of our wonderful listeners all around the world. Of course, as usual, let's not forget the United States of China, Israel, Australia, Canada, South Africa, Germany, ooh, the Bahamas, New Zealand, United Kingdom, France, France, and the Netherlands. Okay. Hey, good morning, all. Get a little and more. Good, uh, and good evening, all, as well. That's right. Yeah. Different times all over the world. Let's be a little more uh, upbeat. All right, Yakov, come on, wake up. <laughs> I, I, I should have doubled my espresso. What can I say? Ooh, espresso. Okay. Well, of course, another great week of stupidity in the in the world of uh, <laughs> in the news and in the world, and that's what we do here at Lighten Up. It's not we bring you uh, the stupidity of the world and the insanity because uh, if you want to hear stupid things, I'm the man to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I just so this week I wanted to share with you. Uh, I wanted to um, tell you, Yaakov. So for the last couple months, I know you're kind of familiar with this. So uh, when you come to Israel, I made Aliyah a couple months back, back in September 13th. And muzzle tough, muzzle tough. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, so uh, they give you something here called uh, there's something here that everyone has. It's called a sefach. And basically, it's just a piece of paper that gives your. It gives your status, you know, whether you're married, divorced, where you live, uh, you know, it, it has everything on you because, you know, the government's always watching you. The government's got to know everything about you here in Israel. <laughs> so my sefach, when I left, I was uh, divorced, but I, I wasn't legally divorced yet. My divorce was was not completed. So they said, just come over. You know, we'll say that you're married. And then whenever you get divorced, show us the uh, the divorce decree and then we'll change your sefach. We'll change it so you are divorced in Israel so you can get married in the future. Well, not, <laughs> let me tell you something. Nothing in Israel is easy. And of course, I spent the last couple months trying to change uh, this document to saying from married to divorce. So here in Israel, <laughs> I was uh, considered married. And then in America, I'm considered divorced. So if I wanted to get married in Israel, I couldn't because I would be legally married uh, to already to another woman. And I don't know any man who literally would want to be married to two women. <laughs> so 
um, oh. I, I had a lot of problems trying to change it. And um, I had I finally got my divorce decree, which I, I, I don't know, Stephen, you know, you know, there are some exotic tastes out there, you know. Well, uh, I certainly being married to one woman is hard enough. I, I don't know how like uh, Avraham and Yaakov, uh, they were married. Uh, Yaakov was married to four women, Abraham, two women. I mean, these guys are insane. They are definitely not my heroes because yeah. I don't know how they can handle four women, <laughs> especially Yaakov. <laughs> they were um, made of some special steel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. But anyway, I finally got my uh, document changed, but I had to go through so much issues trying to get it changed from married to divorce so first i show them my divorce decree and of course israel uh they're like this uh, is not the original uh we need to make sure that you're really divorced uh because you know it, it's very important and it's not the original document now they don't give you the original document in america they give you something called a certified copy and it's got a seal on it and it's raised and right. I had, and i had an apostille on it which yes, means yeah, it's yeah, the, the certification the, the stamp, the raise, the the apostille, um, right, and right. and it was a, a certified copy of the original. Right, which, right, right, which, right. Which in, in Israel, uh, there's something like that, which is mean. Uh, is, I think it's something like Neiman Lemakor or Neiman to something. Uh, anyway, which means like like loyal or, or or you know correct as per the original. You know. Anyway, so I show it to them. They didn't accept it. And I had a couple. T I had to wait a couple months to get another meeting. Finally, I had to bring all these documents. I had to. I had. I had an attorney, uh, an Israeli attorney, contact me to to you know to let me know. Listen, this is the reason why they're 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 not accepting it because this is a very serious thing. I'm like I'm like you know what? You caught me, Israel. I'm trying to be married to two women at the same time. This is the scam I pull. I get divorced in America, and uh, I'm not really divorced, so I can get married to a woman in Israel, and I can be married to two women. So my life can be double the hell <laughs> well you, you know they, they, they figure you, as you move back and forth and spend you know a month in israel a month in the states you know they, they figure you can, you can be cozy and you can have arguments in both countries that's right so anyway i finally finally convinced them i finally convinced them after months and months that it's this is legit this is the this is what america gives you there's nothing i can do about it, it is what it is finally I, I i had to travel like two hours north uh, to an office uh, for someone to to look at it and to finally uh, change this document from married to divorce. And then these people have the nerve. They go, well, now that we're changing it to divorce, uh, we need to make sure that you are actually legally married to your ex-wife. So do you have a marriage certificate with you? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was <laughs> I just spent months convincing you that I was divorced from this woman. Now that you finally believe, believe me that I'm a divorce. Now I got to prove to you that I was married to her for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, only in Israel, man. I, it's just unbelievable. Thank God. <laughs> luckily, I had on me the marriage license application and the marriage certificate. And they they saw it and they 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 finally just said, okay, we believe you. We we think you're you're an honest person. <laughs> but I mean, how insane uh, is that? I had to go through all that, and then finally, when they believe me, I'm divorced. Then they want to make sure that I was really married. I'm like, I'm already divorced, but now I got to prove that I was married. Oh my God! Listen, people, Israel is insane. It's literally welcome to Israel. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you didn't have a little spice and a little challenge here, it'd just be boring. I guess they think. I guess. Anyway, the point is, people, if you're coming to make Aliyah, uh, just come single. 
<laughs> don't come married and don't come divorced. <laughs> well, if, if, if you do people, have your documents in order. You know, just saying. My documents were in order. They just didn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, that was my week. But got it all done. And uh, now I'm divorced in two countries. Hi-oh! <laughs> well, congratulations. Congratulations. It's quite an achievement. It is, 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 an, is, it, it, it is an achievement. Anyway. All right. So we'll get on to the uh, first story. Um, a transatlantic divorce. <laughs> that's right. Um, is that a rom-com? Is that a what? Is that a rom-com? A, a romantic comedy. Oh, I have no idea. Film. Genre. Um, oh, you know who just joined us? India. Hello, India. And I have a story about India. A little nice little funny story. So if we get to it, we'll uh, Namaste. share it. Namaste, India. That's right. Please, please pass the Slurpee. Anyway, um, so here's the first story. Um, so you know the, of course, the uh, International Criminal Court. Uh, we all know it's been in the news lately um, because uh, South uh, uh, Africa is uh, trying to sue or sued uh, Israel for genocide. Uh, but this is not what the story is about. It's about the International Court, but it's about something else. It says here every year they have this, um, you know, they have like an environment, a World Economic Forum. And so uh, this year uh, they had a speaker and uh, the uh, Davos, it was in Davos. Uh, what is that? Switzerland? I have no idea. Um, it uh -huh. says. It says Davos speaker demands International Criminal Court prosecute ecocide, punish farmers alongside war, war criminals. So now they're, uh, the International Criminal Court uh, is trying to add ecocide. So there's genocide of human beings and then there's ecocide to its brief alongside genocide crimes against humanity. And uh, basically, wow. so ecocide is uh, they're blaming farmers <laughs> It says here, uh, let's see if I can uh, pull it up real quick. Ecocide. It says here, well, it says, well, so it sounds like they're being accused of uh, murdering the environment. Well, right. So they're saying while proponents of the legislation have often pointed to disasters such as oil spills and nuclear meltdowns, um, they suggest that ecocide could be extended to include necessary functions of humanity, such as agricultural and energy production. If you are campaigning for human rights, at least, you know, mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there is no equivalent in the environmental space, unlike an international crime like genocide that involves a specific intent with ecocide what we see is what people are trying to do is is business is to farm is fish is produce energy but what is missing is the awareness and the conscience um of the side effects so they're blaming farmers and fishermen of having side effects that will cause collateral damage around the world this is what these green activists are saying. So they're trying to uh, they're trying to have the criminal court uh, create a new category called ecocide, which would steer yeah, which would steer individuals and businesses and governments around the world into a healthier direction. Uh, I don't even know what these people are talking about. They're insane. So basically, now the I don't know. It's really, it's really, it's the height of irony and the lack of uh, self awareness. I'm <laughs> on, on, on the part of the South Africans, I mean, they're known for like uh, you know murdering, uh, murdering farmers or you know European Caucasian farmers and and whatever in South Africa and and for a long time now you know over a decade what have you and and then grabbing the farmland I mean that's not uh, ecocide. I don't know. I don't even believe in it. They're they're blaming farmers and fishermen for having for ruining the environment. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what these people, uh, you know, what these people think, how we're supposed we're to growing live. Growing food and fertilizing the land. They're ruining the environment. Okay. Eat outside. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's one of the more insanity, ridiculous things coming out of the international court um, that I thought was uh, ridiculous. So for all you, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Climate change people. Now they want to, you know, they want to add. Uh, so there's genocide and now there's ecocide. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what will be next? I mean, like sky side. I mean, what what is this? Uh, breathing side. I think it'd be respiration side, right? Breathing side. Next. I have no idea. Um, Israelis will be accused of, uh, you know, ruining, ruining the earth due to breathing. That's right. Um, so speaking of them, of course, so we'll go into the, uh, it says the uh, top UN court declines to order a ceasefire in Gaza, but demands Israel limit civilian deaths. So this lawsuit, basically, they're saying, okay, you don't have to cease your fire, but uh, just, uh, you know, uh, it says here, the United Nations top court uh, stopped short Friday of ordering a ceasefire in Gaza in a genocide case, but demanded that Israel try to contain death and damage in its military offensive. Uh, South, South Africa brought the case, which goes to the core of one of the world's most intricate uh, conflicts, whatever. And it asked the court to order Israel to halt its operation. So they they said, OK, you don't have to stop the war. Just kind of limit uh, limit your bombing and stuff. It, 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 this is this is the world that we're living in right now, where we're where, 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 where there's an international court trying to tell another country how to defend itself and the proper way of, uh, you know, don't bomb here, bomb here, only put these type of bombs. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah, Israel, you can go ahead and continue the war. You don't have to stop, except uh, just don't bomb and don't shoot terrorists. That's right. It says uh, top just of stand South there with, with, with a silly grin on your face. It, no. they, South, it, they say South Africa has asked uh, for Israel to take, and they quote, reasonable measures to prevent genocide and allow access for desperately needed aid. Desperately needed aid. On, um, on whole, average, South Africa murders about uh, 87 people. Anywhere from, depends on, on which, which study, but uh, anywhere from 70-something to 87 people a day. A day and, they're, and they're in court on behalf of the terrorists uh, suing Israel. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. So that's uh, that happened this week. So thank God for the international court. They're letting us continue the war. We just have to limit our uh, our bombing. <laughs> it's really nice to know that they're not a political body, you know, run by tyrants. You know, I mean, they're they're It's actually a, a legal and legitimate court, international court. Wonderful. Another arm of the U.N. It's beautiful, isn't it? United Na the United T the Tyrant Nations. <laughs> The United Tyrant Nations, is that what you said? <laughs> yes, the UTN. Let's, let's just admit it. It, it was, you, you know how there's a noon nofelet, you know, uh, 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 the, the letter noon in Hebrew that drops out sometimes? I think we had had a T nofelet, you know, in, in the UN's name. <laughs> there's a T that fell out that no one knows about. Uh, you're talking Hebrew letters. I don't think our uh, listeners know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, well, the noon is, is, is the equivalent of the in, in in Hebrew for anyone listening that is not aware. And you should be an, an expert in that now, Mr. Ulpan, a student. That's right. I'm flunking Ulpan, everybody. I'm trying to learn Hebrew here. And actually, I have a big midterm exam Wednesday. Uh, big exam, big, 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 big exam. For anyone oh. who doesn't know, Ulpan is actually... Uh, Hebrew classes to, to acquire Hebrew. 
for, for That's people. Right. I got to learn how to speak the language. So they offer this to the new immigrants. Not to mention, you know, hey, make Aliyah to Israel and we'll start a war two weeks after you arrive. Come on down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so speaking of the um, when we were talking about the uh, eco side, here's a here's a here's a here's a funny article. You'll like this. So um, it says here. Climate activists throw soup at the Mona Lisa in Paris. Did you hear about this? Uh, no, no, I missed that one. <laughs> it says two climate activists hurled soup. Hoy, that's some hot soup Sunday at the glass protecting the Mona Lisa um, at the Le Vieux Museum in Paris. I don't even know. And uh, shouted slogans advocating for a sustainable food system. So they're upset Paris or France doesn't have sustainable food system, but yet they're taking food and wasting it and throwing at it, throwing it at a glass covered picture of the Mona Lisa. <laughs> wait, wait, is that ecocide? <laughs> exactly. They're, they're committing that, ecocide. That, that, that's grounds for ecocide based on their silly uh, logic. You I know mean, what? The soup. They're, they're throwing soup at, at the great works of, of mankind, such as the Mona Lisa. Uh, I wonder what but, kind of soup it was. Hey, 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 was Steve, hey Steve, soup. Uh, do you mind? Would you give me the soup today? I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. It says here in a video posted on social media, two women with the words food repost, I don't know, written on their T-shirts could be seen passing under a security barrier to get closer to the painting and throwing soup at the glass protecting Leonardo da Vinci's masterpiece. Meanwhile, look, no offense, but, you know, everyone thinks the Mona Lisa is so beautiful. I don't think she's that good looking, babe. She's kind of ugly. I would never go out with Mona Lisa ever. If I saw her at a bar, uh, yeah, yeah, I would turn I, I, the I other way. Either have to admit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, th I think she, there's a the big theory. There's a big theory that actually it's a it's a uh, drag version of Leonardo da Vinci the, himself that he uses himself as a model oh my god are you serious <laughs> there's, 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 there's one of the main theories running around yeah um yeah when they threw the soup it says uh they started shouting what's the most important thing they shouted art or a right to a healthy and sustainable food what are these people talking about are the people in france starving is there some food uh, shortage in france that we don't know about and 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 how does their message <laughs> come across how does throwing soup at, at the Mona Lisa, <laughs> I don't, I just don't get it. I, I didn't realize there were soup Nazis in Israel, in, in France. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to know what kind of soup. I, it was. I've, I've been there. I've been there to the uh, um, to the to the art museum there. Actually, yeah. Well, and I have seen the Mona Lisa. They call it La Joconde in French. Well, uh, yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. That and it's and oh, by the way, it's much smaller than anyone thinks. Actually. The painting of the Mona Lisa. Well, there's there's a there's a picture here of it, and of course it's protected by glass, thank God. But uh, it's covered with uh, I don't know what kind of soup it is, matzo ball soup, vegetable soup. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, afterwards they they made the they made the two ladies lick it off. They said, "You want to sustain food here? Lick the glass clean." There's your there's your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and next they provided their own. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> okay, it only fits. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, so you mentioned before the show, you said you you saw a funny uh, uh, a political cartoon. I, I want you to share it with everyone because it it involves the 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 uh, a story that that I have. So you wanna, what, oh, what's the, okay. what's, yes, the yes. what's the what's the thing you saw in the newspaper? Well, yeah, um, in the political cartoon, you have two Hamas uh, terrorists 
sitting down at the break table uh, in a room, and then you see an individual <laughs> sporting a a suit, a suit and and a briefcase on his way out the door. But on his way out the, out the door, you see him grabbing something off off the coat rack, and then the two terrorists sitting down in the break room, they ask, "Hey, where are you off to?" And uh, and he he responds uh, as, as he's grabbing his. Uh, his vest with his munitions and his rifle off of oh and his Hamas headband off of the uh, off of the coat hat and hat stand. I'm going. Hey, I'm going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so you, people... you know because because of what's come out about the UNRWA and their cooperation or more than cooperation, etc. With uh, that's uh, right with the terrorist groups. Yeah. So... and, and you, I, I bet I bet you're going to tell us about it now. That's right. So I have a story here. And uh, first of all, I love the fact that they're in a, in a political cartoon. They're, they're working in an office and they're wearing suits. What, uh, do you know what their day job was? Where were they? Were they working at UNRWA? Is that that's where they were working? What, did it say like the offices of UNRWA? Um, yeah, I, I think I think it labeled him something like, uh, yeah, UNRWA or UNRWA employee or UNRWA teacher. Right. Employee of the month. <laughs> employee of the month. Hamas is employee of the month at UNRWA. Anyway, yeah, so there's this just came out this week. So it says intelligence reveals details of UN agency staff links to October 7th attack. It says around 10% of the Palestinian aid agencies, 12,000 staff in Gaza. So apparently they have an office in Gaza. It says they have links to militants, according to intelligence from from the Israeli uh, government. It says at least 12 employees of the U.N.'s Palestinian Refugee Agency had connections to Hamas October 7th attack on Israel. And 10 percent of all of its Gaza staff have ties to the Islamist militant groups, uh, according to intelligence. They know someone. They're related to someone. They are someone. They gave lunch to a terrorist. They bought lunch for a terrorist. Whatever it is, everyone's all connected there. That's why there's no innocent civilians there. It says six United Nations um, relief and work agency workers were part of the wave of Palestinian militants who killed over 1,200 people uh, on October 7th. And uh, and as far as I'm responsible for the kidnapping, um, it says they were coordinated. Uh, they helped coordinated logistics for the assault, including procuring weapons. And it says uh, of the 12 UNRWA employees with links to the attacks, seven were primary or secondary. They were school teachers, including two math teachers. How would you like to say you, you like, hey, listen, kids, we were going to have a, an exam, but, um, you know, uh, Mr. Muhammad is not going to be in class tomorrow. You're going to have a substitute. I, I have another job I have to attend to. I mean, this, they, they he, he's moonlighting. He's moonlighting. He's, I'm moonlighting as a uh, Hamas terrorist, and I, I have a, a second job because uh, being a teacher, trying to teach you morons doesn't pay a lot. So I have to uh, um, supplement my income by uh, uh, murdering Jews. Anyway, so yeah, two of them were math teachers, two of, two of them were Arabic language teachers, and one was a primary school teacher. Uh, the information in this uh, report is based on what officials described as very sensitive signals, intelligence, as well as cell phone tracking data. So basically, I mean, you know, of course, you know, so now, so now they found out that you know, the 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 uh, the reporters, the media, there were media that was there that just happened to be there at 6 a.m. taking pictures. Uh, some of them were from the AP and some of them were from the Wall Street or no, the New York Times, I New York Times, CNN, the New York Times. Yeah. yeah. And so now uh, and now, of course, UNRWA uh, and math teachers, uh, <laughs> my math are, teacher are is a terrorist. <laughs> 
you know what? They could really use a math teachers, actually. You know, uh, they need to learn because I, I don't think that they, they give up their numbers correctly of their uh, of the ones that have been hit and dead. You know, I don't know. You know, someone needs to teach the mathematics. Yeah. It says but, here the uh, but this is this is unsurprising in, in a way, right? I mean, I, I think we've already known that UNRWA uh, is basically engaged in teaching hate, racism, and teaching them that it's uh, good, just reinforcing what what they what they learn, what what the children learn in other parts of their culture, right? You know that, that it's good to to murder Jews and and to take take over Israel's land, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, and, and now we're finding that I, I guess that they're even more involved than you know teaching teaching the hate and racism and justification. But uh, but but some of them are actually moonlighting as Hamas terrorists as, as another job, uh, so they get their double paycheck. That's right, but. Uh, but have you heard, Stephen? Have you heard about uh, some of the mathematical lessons in in some of these books, these Unra books? Yes. No, yes. no I haven't. I just lied. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay. Well, well, some of their math problems are: um, if you, uh, what is the proper angle if you launch this rocket? If you want to, oh. if you want to hit, uh, you know, uh, Ramat Gan or something. Uh, God forbid, you know. Oh, they're very, um, very, very difficult math questions. Uh, you know, <laughs> here one. Sorry. I heard one of their questions was, "What's uh, uh, two? Uh, this is for the uh, elementary school kids. What's two plus two? Uh, four. Wrong. Two plus two equals a hundred dead Jews. You dummy. Get go to the principal. <laughs> right. That's more. Right, that's right. more of the, that. That's their math. But uh, anyway, That's yeah, it, says here, it says here 49 percent of the uh, estimated 49 percent, nearly half of all UNRWA employees, 49 percent of them also have close relatives who have official ties to Hamas. I mean, well, come on, they people. are not only complicit, they are basically a wing of Hamas, uh, you know, that are integral not only to to, you know, teaching the, the children uh, to to accept that from you know from birth just like their families uh, these are innocent people of course um, but uh, but but also uh, guess what else what about the tunnels we know for now the IDF has found uh, the tunnel entrances and exits not only to many residential innocent people's homes um, not only to thirty was it thirty six or thirty nine at least thirty six I believe hospitals in Gaza which is an amazing number of hospitals uh, it seems that they're actually kind of doubling as as terror bases course, you know I, I mean you know, there was just one comment under an article you know where uh, there was a person from, from an Arab country that, that said something like what. We don't even have 36 hospitals in the whole country, and little tiny Gaza has 36 hospitals. Well, hello, bing, 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 bing. It's because it's because they're they're used as terror bases, but they're you know basically they put have a facade of being a hospital um, right. in the front. But anyway, yeah, it, it, we've already heard about munitions, right? Missiles being accidentally stored at UNRWA facilities. <laughs> but uh, but now now we have the confirmation of uh, terror tunnels, uh, entrances, and exits at the schools as well. Well, here, because of this, so a lot of uh, countries are now stopping their funding uh, for UNRWA. And it, Japan, because of these new extracurricular activities they found out? That's right. About? And so Japan is one of them. Japan says it's pausing UNRWA funding. And if they, uh, the, uh, the Japanese have decided to suspend additional funding to the United Nations uh, Agency for Palestinians in Gaza while the agency conducts an investigation. It says, and then they quote Japan. Japan says, we are extremely concerned about alleged involvement of UNRWA staff members. Oh, 
staff members tell us no good we give you no money so uh japan is not giving them any money and um just japan actually is the sixth no, biggest no donor to you. the agency no sushi for you you we send no sushi no money so that's kind of good uh but anyway so uh i just thought that was kind of uh interesting uh that uh you know, now uh, kids are uh, not doing their homework because, hey, you know, my math teacher's a terrorist. <laughs> I get out of homework. Hi-yo! Oh, anyway, so well, uh, go ahead. Did you want to say something? Um, no, after you. Okay. I wanted <laughs> well, to uh, move on to a little lighter topic here. Uh, I-, I was actually going to talk about a parrot, actually. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's good. Okay. It, it turns out, it turns out that there are um the special category of parrots um at a british zoo okay and what type of special category of parrots are they well foul mouth parrots (laughs) yeah they're concerned about uh children and other people at the family friendly zoo that that may start parroting some of the parrots language (laughs) so they're cursing the parrots are cursing exactly the parrots it says here the parrots are uh, are a fount as in like the fountain a source the yeah. parrots are a fount of foul language their habit of spouting curse words at a torrid rate has by turns mortified and amused the people who work with them at the lincolnshire wildlife park in fritz friskney okay let's not be frisky here friskney england uh, now the famous friendly the family friendly animal park is trying a new plan it hopes will tame the parrot's salty language it's integrating them into a larger flock where they will hope uh, that they will learn nicer words and sounds apparently they're making onomatopoeias too you know sounds that sound <laughs> words that sound like sounds um steve nichols the park's ceo told npr but for now the profane parrots know no bounds consider how nichols describes the video link he set up this week he was preparing to speak with the bbc program after interest in the park's african gray parrots spiked a few days ago oh the they're parrots... african gray parrots well yeah they're very uh they, they've they're got very a filthy... intelligent they're very they've got a they've got a filthy beak a filthy beak those africans <laughs> Do they need to wash their filthy beacon soap? It sounds like it. <laughs> That's right. Well, here, this I have I have a parrot story that matches better that it's kind of similar, but not really. It says here there's a woman who owned a, a married couple owned a parrot, and it exposed. Uh, no, they were not married. I'm sorry, they were just boyfriend and girlfriend, but they were living together. It said, did a parrot well, you, expose? You mean, you mean Israel didn't recognize their marriage? No, 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 no. This was I don't know where this is taken in. What country? I think it's America. It says, did a parrot expose a man's affair to his girlfriend? Apparently, this woman, a 25-year-old woman, um, uh, uh, old woman, she posted on social media where uh, a parrot repeatedly called her Jess, (laughs) causing tension with her and her boyfriend. The woman uh, recounted that throughout the night, Percy, which was the parrot's name, Percy. She kept shrieking about a, the, about loving another woman. Hey, I love Jess. Jess is the best. I love Jess. And she kept saying, hey, that's not my name. So I asked my boyfriend what the bird was talking about, and he just laughed it off. Oh, that figures. <laughs> Crazy, stupid bird. I don't know who Jess is. Anyway, she uh, as the night went on, I noticed my boyfriend nervously checking his phone and always leaving it face down. Um, and it said here, uh, feeling very uneasy, the woman reached out uh, to confront her boyfriend and asking straight out, who's Jess? And his response, he grew defensive as he accused the girl of letting the bird's behavior make her feel insecure. 
<laughs> Isn't that typical? Anyway, <laughs> so she, she, the woman, uh, the woman said um, she called the guys, her boyfriend's parents, to try to intervene, and uh, it, nothing, uh, nothing worked. Uh, she, she got very angry, and uh, I left alone. I left alone and went home without him, and I haven't spoken to him since. And uh, the uh, the actually, this is from the Jerusalem Post. The Jerusalem Post tried to reach out to Percy the parrot, but he had no comment at this time. <laughs> so how would you like to have that? There you go. Your parrot knows you're, 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 you're cheating on your girlfriend in front of your parrot, and uh, he starts screaming out the other woman's name. That is just classic, man. That is awesome. Uh, apparently, apparently, this story is true. That's right. It is a true story. Everything on Lighten Up is true. Um, anyway, so that's... Uh, wow. Spe- speaking wow. of parrots. Here, you want to hear something really bizarre, too? Um, this is out of Kentucky. Tell me. I'm in the mood to hear it. It says here, Kentucky convenience store bathrooms transform into a disco club. How would you like to go? You're driving on the road. You stop in at a convenience store, and you go into the bathroom, and it's a nightclub. <laughs> it says here... A chain of Kentucky convenience stores are attracting visitors, and it's going viral online for an unusual feature. When you go into the bathroom, there's a button, and it says, uh, the button says, do not push this button. So, of course, what are you going to do? You're going to push the button. And uh, basically, when you push the button, uh, a strobe light comes on, music comes on, and it says here, Mary Moss, the manager, uh, says um, that... uh, Oh, and she says, pushing the button activates colored lights in a disco ball and music in the bathroom, turning it into a miniature dance hall. And there's a video here of people like partying in the bathroom and they're coming out singing and happy and joyful and uh, not to mention they're doing their business. It said here, I had a 60 year old woman who came out of the restroom and told me it was the best day of her life. (laughs) Exactly. One of the best t- days in a long time, apparently. Okay, all right. Let me tell you something. If I went in, the, would, uh, are there any dissatisfied customers in that club? I mean, you can say, "Hey, this club stinks. Literally, it literally stinks." But up, Bob. Oh my oy. God! It says so- here. It says here that the. Um, it says the first bathroom was installed at the shop. Uh, back in February of last year and proved to be such a big hit that the company started expanding them to other locations with six disco bathrooms. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Is there a bartender in there? I don't understand. You can serve and drinks. There's a bartender. You can pick up people in the bathroom. It's great. Anyway, so that's what's well, going on don't, don't forget the, the, hat coat, the hat check, hat and coat check. That's right. There's a guy actually in the bathroom offering you a mint. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, would you like a mint? Oh, excuse my dirty mouth parrot. Yeah, that's what they're so that's what they're doing, uh, in Kentucky. Uh, it, oh, it's in Kentucky. Yeah, well, no comment. I would love <laughs> to go to the bathroom in Kentucky and party it up and listen to music and dance and drink in the bathroom. It's very clean, sounds so very healthy. These are the latest innovations, American yeah. innovations, or Kentucky right. American innovations. That's right. <laughs> Joe Biden is doing a great job. Um, Speaking of Joe Biden, speaking of Joe Biden, he's the best. Oh, what's going on with Joe Biden? Oh, my God. So uh, Joe Biden, of course, more. Yeah. It says here, White House comes up with an unbelievable excuse after Biden is accused of engaging in a full-blown election denialism. So he was in Virginia. It says President Joe Biden appeared on Tuesday to deny that Republican Glenn Youngkin 
is the legitimate governor of Virginia uh, at a campaign rally promoting. <laughs> I love this. He's at a campaign rally promoting abortion. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> only Democrats, right? Hey, hey, everybody, don't forget to kill your child. Vote for me. Anyway, uh, it says here uh, at a campaign rally promoting abortion, Biden stepped up to uh, the mic and he goes, hello, Virginia. And he goes, the real governor, Terry McClough. <laughs> so he basically says, hello, uh, Virginia. And then he says, hello to the real governor. Well, the real governor of Virginia is is uh, Yunkin. He was elected in November of 2021. He is, he took office in January of 2022. And Democrat Terry McClough, on the other hand, served as governor back in 2014 to 2018. <laughs> so, of course, the uh, remark, the remark went viral as everything that moron says does. And he was accused of engaging in election denialism. Hey, he's not the real governor. Anyway, I'm here to promote abortion. So <laughs> he's not the real governor. Uh, you know, the, so these people lack self-awareness sometimes. <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean, I mean, that's what they engaged in 2016. Right. And, and in the beginning of 2017 was uh, election result denialism. You know, that's right. <laughs> So very another, rich. More uh, there's always a Joe Biden always in the news for saying something stupid. We can always count on that. And, and if he loses the presidency, we're going to miss that. That's right. Um. <laughs> anyway, here here's a good story that I think um, is uh, very interesting. It comes out of South Korea. Uh, it says South Korea's government asks people not to eat fried toothpicks. <laughs> Have you ever tried a fried toothpick? Yakov, I I, I, I I can't say that I have. I mean, for some reason, it, it's not only unappetizing to me, it just seems a little bit dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, so it says here, a health warning from South Korea's food ministry has urged people not to eat fried toothpicks. They have to tell the people, don't do this. It's made of starch and it's and in a shape resembling curly fries. And there's a picture of it here. And it looks like green French fries. And uh, after the practice went viral on social media. So so someone uh, fried toothpicks and then was eating them on social media. And then everyone in South Korea said, oh, this I look good. Let's try a toothpick. So the video clip shows people consuming <laughs> deep fried starch toothpicks um, with seasoning such as powdered cheese. And it's racked up thousands of likes and shares on TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> I think we just need to ban TikTok now. <laughs> exactly. So but P I love how people have to be warned. Don't eat toothpicks, people. <laughs> don't eat to toothpicks. Don't eat soap or bleach. Please don't do that. That's right. <laughs> um. So, did you hear about what's going on in London right now? No. Yeah. Um, apparently, I mean, this is the chief, chief sin, obviously. And a U.S. scientist has brewed up a storm, uh, no pun intended, but um, bump, by offering Britain advice on making tea. <laughs> An American scientist, apparently, Steve, has sparked a transatlantic tempest in a teapot. By offering, tempest is, by the way, a very old term for storm. Uh, a tempest in a teapot by offering Britain advice on its favorite hot beverage. Britain, uh, Bryn Mawr College chemistry professor Michelle Frank Frankel says one of the keys to a perfect cup of tea is a pinch of salt. The, the tip is included in Frankel's book, Steeped 
steeped the chemistry of tea, published Wednesday. Okay, so not not since the Britain the Boston Tea Party has mixing tea with salt water roiled the Anglo-American relationship so much. The salty suggestion drew howls of outrage from tea lovers in Britain, where popular stereotypes see American coffee swilling boars who make tea, if at all, in the microwave. So it's causing controversy (laughs) because Americans are telling Britons how to make tea, right? Right. I mean, they've only been doing it centuries before the existence of... uh, of America, I think you know. Well, <laughs> at least at least they're not eating toothpicks. Uh, yes, there's that advantage. But you know, hey, you give them too much credit. Well, we're going to hear something else, some other TikTok wave coming soon, uh, some other trend. That's right. Just as astoundingly absurd. Just don't. You know, eat like the like toothpicks. like maybe uh, they're going to start. I don't know, eating my socks. Don't eat Use socks. socks. Use socks. Yakov. <laughs> Yakov, we got 60 seconds left of the show. <laughs> oh, it went so fast, Stephen. We're having it, too much of a good time. Time flies by. So, 60 seconds left. What would you like to say? Um, I just want to say, hey, hey, hey. Um, if anyone is in need, you see a friend, family member, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Help them out. Give them a helping oh, hand. Beautiful, profound advice. I like to tell everyone, don't eat toothpikes. And don't party in public bathrooms. <laughs> uh, don't don't send your children to UNRWA schools. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, please, uh, of course, always a blessing to our soldiers uh, up in the north and the south who are defending Israel. And, uh, and, a, and a prayer and a blessing for all the hostages that are still left behind. Uh, every show that we do, everything that we oh, say man. is always for the soldiers and for the hostages. So please... Uh, bless them, pray for them, and thank you very much for listening for another week on Israel News Talk Radio. Thank you, and Shavua Tov, everybody! Woohoo!